Thanks, Dom. Um, so, yeah, this uh, we, we're continuing uh, looking at uh, the Gospel of Mark, uh, and uh, we'll be looking at chapter four, uh, starting uh, at verse 30. Uh, so if you want to find that in your Bibles. So for me, uh, this uh, speaking on this passage is a real personal privilege um, because uh, it's been quite significant for me. Um, when I first went to university, I turned up there and I felt um, thoroughly overwhelmed. There seemed to be so many people who were uh, much more confident, much smarter than me. And I felt like I, you know, it didn't, it, it wasn't going to work for me. I wasn't going to be able to deal with this huge kind of uh, workload that was uh, facing me over the next four years. And I remember going to uh, church uh, the first Sunday evening uh, that I was there and hearing a preacher speak on this passage. Uh, and as he spoke, um, the the Holy Spirit just came to me as a reassurance uh, saying it's going to be OK. Uh, I don't remember all the details of what the preacher said, but he used that kind of phrase that um, Jesus uh, starts uh, this crossing of the lake uh, with. Um, where he says, let's go to the other side. And I knew uh, that Jesus was going to carry me and it was going to be OK. So um, we're going to dive into the passage now. But I'm actually I'm starting at verse 30 because I think uh, that when we speak on this, uh, when I want to say on this, I think the context uh, for what's going on around this, uh, this crossing of the lake and the storm uh, is really helpful. So. He said, with what should we compare the kingdom of God or what parable shall we use for it? It's like a grain of mustard seed, which when it's sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boats, just as he was. And other boats were with, uh, were with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? They then go on from there to get to uh, the other side of the lake uh, and uh, they meet a demon possessed man uh, who is in a pretty bad way. He's uh, wandering around amongst tombs and uh, cutting himself and crying out. And he sees Jesus, calls out to him and uh, says, what do you what do you have to do with me? Uh, and Jesus casts out uh, the demons from him. Uh, and uh, they go into some pigs, go into the lake, uh, and uh, people are amazed at what, uh, what's, what's happened to this man. Uh, people come to see uh, this man who is clothed in his right mind, um, sitting uh, with Jesus. 
and they're amazed. So as uh, Dom's already alluded to, this uh, gospel of Mark is incredibly eventful. Um, it's very fast paced and we've got a lot of stuff uh, going on here. But the bit I want to focus in on today is this crossing of the sea. Um, it's for the disciples a near-death experience. Uh, they thought they were going to drown that day. I don't know if you've ever had uh, a near-death experience. Um, I, when I moved uh, from university to, to, to go on to uh, Bristol, I joined a cycling club. And uh, the uh, first Sunday I was there, uh, went out with this cycling club. And uh, these guys I was with were much more experienced than me. Uh, and the, as you may know, Bristol's quite a hilly place. And we went out of the city and uh, there was this uh, steep descent, lots of hairpins, uh, left and right, left and right. And they just absolutely bombed it down this hill. And I was just, I just bought my, my new shiny new bike. I was not particularly confident on it, but I thought I've got to keep up here. So I, I did my best to, to stick on the, the tail of the guy in front of me. And uh, one of these hairpins, I lost, I lost control of the bike and there was a car coming the other way. I hit the car uh, on the bonnet and um, I went flying over this, uh, flying over this car and it was autumn. <laughs> there was a pile of leaves on the side of the road um, dry leaves freshly fallen on the side of the road that I landed in and I escaped with a couple of grazes. It was quite amazing. I felt like uh, having had that experience, I felt that every day that went past after that, it just felt like a gift. Um, for the disciples, I'm sure it was a similar thing that was going on here. They saw what Jesus authority he had uh, to speak over these wind and these waves that were filling the boat. And they would have been filled with wonder uh, at Jesus and what he was, what he'd done for them uh, that day. When Mark writes uh, his account of what happens, um, he uh, deliberately puts things together here. And I've deliberately read not just the main passage we're looking at, but also the little bits either side of it, uh, because I, he gets a bigger story um, as he's reflected on what happened to him, that near-death experience. Um, and uh, when he wrote this section, uh, I think um, it's very interesting to put it together with a story from the Old Testament, uh, from Daniel uh, chapter 4. Uh, God sends uh, Daniel to a king who has a dream about a tree. And the tree sounds remarkably similar to the one that Jesus talks about in his parable in Mark 4. And the story in Daniel 4 concludes with a restoration of that same king that looks incredibly similar to what happens to the man that Jesus met on landing on the other side of the lake. So uh, Mark has got that day uh, a lesson about the kingdom of God. He's understood the difference between a mustard seed and a boat. So let me kind of explain what I mean by that. First of all, the mustard seed. The mustard seed is what grows into uh, a tree. And Jesus has, has been teaching them uh, about uh, the kingdom of God. Um, and uh, the tree is the representation of the kingdom. Uh, God's rule, uh, his responsibility uh, for, you know, the, the, the kingdom is, a, the king has a responsibility for his kingdom. Uh, and Jesus is saying, I am that mustard seed. 
and from me this kingdom uh, is growing. The disciples, in carrying Jesus in their boat, get this parable all wrong, all upside down. They think that they rule over their boat, and they're in charge of how it goes. The boat is their little kingdom, their sphere of control. Only when they're desperate do they ask Jesus, and when they do for, for his help, and when they do ask him, uh, they're asking him uh, if he even cares about them. Right now, uh, in lockdown, uh, for, uh, for most of us, our worlds, like that disciple, those disciples, have become very small. Uh, the disciples uh, felt like they were in control uh, of their boat. They could sail it. Uh, they could carry Jesus to the other side. It's something they'd done many, many times before. Uh, they were good at sailing, uh, sailing boats. Uh, they were fishermen, uh, many of them. But this storm arises and the challenges that many of us face right now are huge compared to our little boat, the little area of life that we, uh, we feel like uh, we can handle at the moment. And uh, it can be very tempting. In fact, it's, I think it's uh, completely normal human nature uh, to draw lines around ourselves, uh, to say, you know, this, uh, around this line, I can, I can, everything inside this line I can get a handle on. Everything outside that line is just uh, too much. That's the storm that can go, um, you know, have its big waves and its strong winds, but I can deal with this bit. And uh, the, the pressure that we experience uh, in handling uh, the situation that we're in at the moment uh, can turn things that are helpful habits uh, into controlling behaviours founded on uh, self-reliance. And that can be very hard to recognise. I wonder if you notice uh, that bit in the passage where Jesus uh, speaks to them after the, uh, the, the waves are calm and uh, the wind has stopped blowing. When I read that, I felt like, wow, those, he's speaking pretty, pretty strongly to them. It's almost that you can always sense a, a sense of frustration in Jesus's voice. And that's because Jesus has been uh, teaching them uh, about the kingdom of God and uh, this, uh, this rule of God that uh, they can uh, uh, come under uh, the uh, he sums up in this parable, uh, there is shade and there's peace uh, and there's goodness uh, under, the, under this tree. Uh, but there's also strength and authority uh, that Jesus is clearly showing to them and he speaks to these winds and these waves. It can be hard to recognise when we're coming out from underneath that tree and we're saying, I'm drawing this little line around myself. Um, for me, I... Um, I mean, you can ask Helen about this, but I, I can recognise uh, controlling behaviours in myself uh, when, for example, uh, being controlling of other people by um, wanting to do jobs just myself uh, so that I'm not, you know, I can do it exactly the way that I want it to be done. Uh, or um, sometimes I can just be like, oh, I just don't want to think about that, that issue. Um, uh, some people call that ostriching, <laughs> where you sit your head in the sand. God's desperately trying to bring something to our attention and we just don't want to deal with it. Um, or even making excuses, uh, blaming everything and everyone else uh, for the way that things are. 
the disciples uh, have uh, a, an offence at their loss of control uh, of the boat. They were experienced fishermen. Uh, they should be able to, to deal with this storm. And uh, they, it brings them to Jesus with this questioning of his care for them. I've been there. I've felt like the, these, these storms that we've been going through at the moment, like, God, where are you? Do you, do you care about what's going on? It feels, can feel like the boat's filling personally, or it can feel like, you know, corporately uh, as a nation, where it feels like we're just really struggling. Um, and Jesus wants to show us uh, that the question that we bring in these situations, do you even care, is answered as we realise that Jesus is already inside the line that we drew around ourselves of the things that we think we're in charge of and in control of that we've got on our own. It will never work to just ask for his help and then take back the reins, take back the control for ourselves when things calm down a bit. Jesus' kingdom is a completely different way of doing things. And it's painful uh, to have everything stripped back, to lay bare all of our different self-reliances. But when there's nothing and no one to reach out for and lean on except Jesus, we will find his authority and his care beyond anything we've ever experienced. I feel like there's a grace actually in this where Jesus says, have you no faith? Like, even if you've got no faith at all, he still cares. It can feel like that at times. But when we come through carried by Jesus and not our own ability, just as I felt I received that promise for me for my degree when I went to university, we'll find, like Mark, that we can start to see more of a bigger picture, to spot our story within God's bigger story and to be ready for what God has called us to do and to be when he started our journey together, when he first said, let us go uh, to the other side. So I, I just want to pray for us as I wrap up here. Um, I want to invite the Holy Spirit. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I'll just pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for Mark, who wrote this uh, incredible gospel uh, that we've been uh, looking at this morning. Thank you uh, that it's not just a, uh, an account that rests on its own, but it's one uh, that uh, draws on uh, the rich history uh, of you speaking to and working with your, pe uh, your people over um, uh, so many uh, centuries. So many millennia, Lord, we are in awe of you. And God, we recognise that right now there are big storms out there. And at times we can feel totally overwhelmed. But we know that even when we've not been seeing what's in front of us, We've not been seeing the other side and where you've called us to, to, to go, what you've called us to be. And we've completely lost that. We feel like we've completely lost that, that faith that originally uh, 
you gave us. Lord, you still care. The answer to that question is yes. Yes, I do care and I love you. So God, would you, res- would you restore us where we're feeling broken? Would you show us again what you first said? Let us go over to the other side. And would you fill us again with uh, hope and joy for the future where we've uh, just been looking down at our boat filling with water? Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your kindness and your grace. And we trust you for whatever is next. Because we know that with you, it will be good. Because it will be part of your story. And we choose to put our story into yours. And to give you the control where we have held it back for ourselves. And we say that we're sorry. And we want you to show us the way forward in your way. Amen.